Praise God, huh? Yeah. Um, hey, so uh, I'm excited about tonight. This, is, uh, this has been a really neat series. Uh, I'm going to introduce this uh, man on my left here in a second. But uh, if, if you weren't with us last week, we kind of introduced this series that we're doing, um, Give God Glory. And really our hope is we're going to spend three weeks. So we're right in the middle of the series. Um, and what we wanted to do, Tyler and I talked about it. We talked about it with Casey and, and the team. And we thought, man, let's take... Uh, let's change gears a little bit um, during the summer and renovate, and let's just take three weeks to scale things down, and let's just focus on being people who give God glory. So last week, if you were here, I dragged Ryan Christian up here, and we just talked about what it looks like to be a man or a woman who sees through the lens, sees through the perspective um, of ways to give God glory for all the things in our life. Now, 1 Corinthians 10 talks about whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. And so we thought it would be cool, man, let's just... Let's hash that out. What does that mean? That's, I think, a really cliche, easy thing to say in the church. Um, But what does that really look like to practically live out? So that's kind of what we're digging into. Um, If you're confused about what's behind these curtains, um, what we really want to encourage you to be doing, and even while Josh and I are are talking, man, be praying and and thinking about this now, um, because after worship, we want to encourage everyone, uh, if you haven't done it, or even if you did it last week and something new happened this past seven days for you and you want to share it, uh, we've got chairs back here and cameras set up. And, and we want you to go behind the curtain, and there'll be somebody over there, hit record, and share a God moment in your life. Maybe it's something that happened five years ago. Maybe it's something that happened today in traffic. Maybe you had an unbelievable lunch. Maybe you met somebody. Maybe you got a raise. Maybe you stubbed your toe, and somehow God was still glorified for that. Whatever it is, but that we're people, and we start documenting those stories. And next week, we're going to edit them together. I'm actually, Josh is going to be doing a lot of that editing. Did you know that? Are you cool with that? Sweet. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> And, uh, and we're going to show some of those things. We just want to be a culture of people who document and, and constantly talk about out of our mouth, man, give God glory for this, God, give God glory for that. So um, we talked about one element of it last week. We're going to shift gears. But first I want to introduce this guy, Josh Story. Give it up for Josh Story, guys. Josh has been on staff at Christ Chapel for 40, how long? Uh, four. Four years. Yeah. Four years. Uh, you're 28. 27. Seven, way off. I don't actually know him. I'm getting to know him myself. <laughs> yeah. um, he's been on staff in the, the high school ministry. We're actually um, going to slide him over to be helping with some college ministry stuff um, in the future too, which is really exciting. And uh, yeah, I asked him to come and share some stuff because God's done some, some really neat stuff in his life, um, specifically that revolves around how he's been a man to still look at those circumstances and give God glory. So tell these guys a little bit about yourself and, uh, and a little bit about just your testimony, what it looked like growing up in your house and all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, so my name is Josh Story, like I said. Um, I would probably consider myself to be kind of like the poster child for all things church kid. Uh, like I was, I was a kid who grew up in a Christian home, uh, got saved at the age of seven. Uh, fun fact, I actually got saved in a bathtub. So if my parents were heads up, they weren't. But if they were, they could have just like dunked dunk me then, but they didn't. That's oh, cool. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I just grew up. I have... Uh, just kind of that cliche church kid, you know, story. Um, but I, I, I did have these parents who were very godly, who, who loved me well, shepherded me well. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the things about your story, um, I've gotten to walk with you for a while the last few years. Um, but really a lot of the circumstances, you'd admit, there was just a lot of good circumstances. You kind of had not a lot of hard stuff happen to you. Right, yeah. 
So one of the things that happened um, last week that we talked about was how we give God glory. And essentially, Ryan got up here, if those of you who are here, and basically told all these awesome stuff, this, these cool things that have happened to him. He got to go to Italy and play football, all these good things. And how we look at those things through the lens of, man, and praise God for it. Give God glory that he went to Italy or he got this or things crazy happened to him. But one of the angles that we wanted to take this week was what about when circumstances aren't good, right? What if, what if your circumstances aren't, I got a free trip to Italy. What if your circumstances are much harder? And so um, in college, you had some hard, some hard stuff happen to you. Uh, I'd love for you to just tell that story um, yeah. and, and share it with us. Totally. Um, so, uh, yeah, so growing up, there, there wasn't a whole lot that I ever needed for. Um, I think that I had a really really normal, really comfortable life. And so I, I believed in the Lord, and, and, and I would profess that, but, but my faith had never really been tested. Um, and so one night, uh, I was a senior in college. It was a Thursday night. I was walking into a basketball game, and I remember that my Friday classes had been canceled, and I just thought, man, it's going to be like the most epic weekend. I'm going to rest. I have nothing going on. It's going to be awesome. And I'm walking into this game, and I get a phone call from my mom, and she's crying, and she says, Josh, your dad's aorta just ruptured. And they, they caught it early, but they're not sure if he's going to make it. And um, in that moment, I mean, it was just like a punch to the gut. And uh, I was like, all right, I'm driving home. And so I was uh, making the three-hour drive home. And, and, and as I drove, I just began to pray. Um, because this was the first time in my life that I had to figure out, I mean, is God really who he says he is? And so I was driving, and I just kept praying and praying. I said, God, like, I know that you are um, all-powerful. I know that you can heal. I, I know that you have the, the ability and the power to heal my dad. So, Lord, will you just please, please heal dad? And I just prayed that over and over and over. And, and about halfway home, the Lord just kind of stopped me in my spirit, and he said, hey, I want to ask you a question. If if your dad dies tonight, if he doesn't make it out tonight, is, am I any less powerful? Am, am I any less of a healer? Am I, am I any less God? I just kind of thought about it for a second, and I thought, no. I said, all right, then, then, then just trust me and know that whatever happens, that in my perfect sovereign will, that I've, I've got you covered. And, and so as I kind of drove in, like, that was just kind of in the back of my mind, and, and so I pull in, and... Um, and the surgery takes about seven hours, um, and the guy, uh, the uh, surgeon rather, walks out and uh, just looks like he's just been wrestling a bear, um, and, and said, "Hey, like he's 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 made it. Um, he has 72 hours, and if he can make it out of the next 72 hours, we think he's good." Um, and we, man, we just rejoiced, and we walked out and like, man, the guy is so good. And, and a little backstory: um, so many things had to fall into place in order for that to happen. The uh, the surgeon uh, was actually uh, at dinner on his 30th wedding anniversary, um, and the administrator of the hospital called him and said, "Hey, I need you." And um, so obviously he wasn't like stoked about c- coming in, but um, just just came in. And and my dad's best friend was a doctor, and at first they thought that it was like a kidney stone. But he's like, "No, I know his history, and and t- t- check this." And so like they, like all like all these things fell into place. And so I, we we left, and we were just just rejoicing, right? Man, like, God has done this phenomenal miracle. He has done all these incredible things. And, um, and so we just went home just really rejoicing in the fact that God had pulled off this incredible um, miracle there. And so um, over the next couple of days, we're, you know, things are just kind of chugging along. And, um, and so that's on a Thursday night. And so around Saturday afternoon, things kind of um, start getting kind of shady and his, his, his organs begin to kind of fail and, and, and things just aren't looking good. And so... Um, just all, all of a sudden, it's this kind of emotional roller coaster of 
oh my gosh, I don't know, know what's going on, to, oh my gosh, he made that way, maybe not. And, and so I remember Saturday night just thinking, man, like, tomorrow morning, I just want to go worship. Um, I just want to go to church. And I just want to go before the Lord, because I'm tired of hospitals and, and heart monitors and doctors and, and people who mean well but say really dumb things, right? Um, I was like, I just want to be around, like, my, like, my family. And so um, the church where I was going was about 45 minutes away, and, and so everyone would say, hey, man, like, maybe you just, like, stick around. There's plenty of churches here, and I think, man, I, I really just want to go be, like, in my church home, and so I drive an hour out there, and, and I, I, I walk in, and we sit down to start singing, and the first song we sing is uh, You Hold Me Now, and, uh, and, and actually, I have the lyrics, I think, but there was uh, just, just this moment where as soon as we start singing, Uh, It says, on the day when I see all that you have for me, when I see you face to face, they're surrounded by your grace. All my fears are swept away in the light of your embrace, where your love is all I need and forever I am free. Where the streets are made of gold and your presence healed and whole with the songs of heaven rise to you alone. No weeping, no hurt or pain, no suffering. You hold me now. You hold me now. No darkness, no sick or lame, no hiding. You hold me now. You hold me now. And, and we started singing those lyrics, and it was, the weirdest thing happened where I, I literally, and like this sounds really weird, but like I literally felt like the Lord is like kind of wrap his arms around me and just say, hey, like, like, like this is going to be the toughest season of your life. And in, in, in an instant, I knew that I was about to lose my dad, but he was using this moment to, to prepare me to say, hey, okay, this is going to be really, really difficult, but I want you to dwell on what's going on here because I have provided a way through my son, and because of that, your dad this afternoon is not going to be in a cold hospital bed. He's going to be with me. Right? He's going to be with me healed and whole because I've made a way and, and because since your father has placed his, his faith, in, like, like, that's where he's going. So, so yes, grieve, know that this is a really tough thing, but, but rejoice in the fact that, that your father gets to be with me. And, and man, we just sat there and we weeped and we cried and we worshipped. It was just this really weird place to be in a total state of worship while also knowing that I'm about to walk into um, just a really difficult season of life, and so we finished singing, and then literally as soon as the song ends, uh, my phone uh, goes off, and it's um, someone just saying, hey, things have taken a turn for the worse. You should probably come in, and so um, we like, dr- drove back, and, it, and as soon as we got there, he had passed, and I, I firmly believe that, that God had drawn me an hour out and an hour back just for five minutes five minutes where I could just be with the Lord and he could prepare my heart for the reality of what was to come, but also provide me with a sense of hope, knowing that, that, that this isn't the end and, and that there is something, uh, something more. Um, so, yeah. Man, um, that's heavy. We're, you know, right in the middle of the series, giving God glory. How do, uh, how do you do that? Are you able to, and what does that look like, to give God glory in the midst of those circumstances. You're in college. Your younger sister is like what a freshman in high school. Yeah. What's that look like for you in your worship, even though you 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 just lost your dad? Yeah. Um, so I, th- I think that one of the things that that the Lord has really kind of taught me through this this entire season is, is that um, his, his goodness and his character and his love and, and all these things that we attribute to God, like they don't change based on on the circumstance, right? Um, and that at the end of 
the day, the, the reality is, is that God's not on trial, right? Mm-hmm. And, 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 that, and the, what happens is, is, that, um, is that I can look at God and, and know that this isn't a reflection of, of his love for me, but it's because he's the one that's constant. He's the one that is unchanging. And if anything, when I view these, these things, it, it, it just screams that something has gone horribly wrong in the world. Like, like something is broken. It's not that God's failed or God, or God has done something or God is um, doing something that's really like sadistic. It's that, that something has gone horribly wrong and we are in desperate need of, um, of a Savior and of someone who is coming to, to restore all things. And, and the hope of the gospel is that we have that in Christ, right? That we have um, a Savior who has come and he has taken care of sin once and for all, but, but he didn't stop there, right? And, and, and that he's coming back and he's going to restore and, and, and redeem and make all things new. In and, and, and Revelation 21, there's just this phenomenal picture of what that is. And, and in fact, that there is no weeping, there is no pain, there is no tears, yeah. and that Christ is coming back to um, bring restoration. Sure. Um, okay, so to play devil's advocate with you. Uh, so you believe God's in control, right? Yeah. So God, um, God being in control, God could save your dad. Totally. God had the power to save your dad. He, he chose not to. Yeah. What do you do with that? I mean, how, how, does, how do we still worship that God? Yeah. Right? In, in your circumstances, I know there are people in this room who have uh, equally hard circumstances or harder totally. than, than that. What does that look like for you? What do you, what do, you do with that? Yeah. God's in control, yet this happened. How is he still good? Yeah, totally. That's a great question. Um, so I, I think for me, um, <clears throat> I, I firmly believe that God has every ability and every power to save debt, right? Yeah. Um, but for whatever reason, in God's perfect sovereign will, he chose not to. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that uh, that's a really tough truth to grasp and to wrestle with. Um, but I think about Job. And, um, and Job is this book in the Bible that, man, it's, it's really tough to get around. You know, like, like it, it, it's there, right? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and Satan's walking around looking for someone to punk, and, and, and God says, hey, like, have you thought about... Job, and he's like... It says in the Old Testament, he's looking for somebody to punk. That's what it says. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's, it's a Hebrew thing. It's, it's a paraphrase, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, and, and God says, hey, like, have you thought about my boy Job? And he's like, he's like Job would never curse, curse your name because he has everything. He's, he's wealthy. He has, he has all, all the stuff. All the circumstances are right for him. Yeah, totally. And he says, well, take it away. And, and, and God allows Satan to, to, to take all these things away, and he takes away his, his wealth. And, 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 like, and Job has the ultimate trump card, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, dude lost his wealth, his family, like his possessions, like everything, like his health. He lost everything, and he's sitting there broke and homeless, and with his wife, he's just nagging him, right? He's like, hey. He's covered in boils. Yeah, totally. Yeah. He's like, hey, you should just curse God and die. And he's like, what? Like, like, yeah. like, 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 it's just a really, really difficult situation. Um, and at the very end, God shows up, and, and Job's like, hey, like, what's going on here? And, and God basically says, like, hey, like, where were you when I created the world? Like, where were you whenever, like, I did all these things? And what it does is it provides perspective, right? You know, that it provides perspective that, that God's ways are higher than ours. And that I think also combining that with the idea that, that one, that God is good, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's just a really basic truth to, to get that God's, like, that God's for you. That God's for you, that he's not against you, that he loves you, that he's gone to great lengths um, through Christ to show us how much he, he loves us. And, and, and to understand that God is good paired with, man, that his ways are so much higher, it brings this perspective that, man, I may not know specifically why it happened, um, but I know that, that in God being good, in his perfect sovereign will, um, whatever happens, I can, 
I, I can just sit back and I can trust in that and mm-hmm. I can rest that, that I serve a God who's not um, out to rob me of joy. He's not yeah. against me. Um, yeah. and, and, and so I think it's coming to this, this understanding of, of who God is kind of paired with that idea that, man, he's so much higher. I love that, man. I love, I love that coming from you, Josh. And, um, you know, I know Josh, so I know that's his heart. And I know where he's been. And I've, I've seen this man worship in the midst of circumstances that doesn't make sense to worship from. And I think that your theology is sound. But I think also it comes from a place where your heart, God has given you a piece of Jesus over your heart that surpasses all understanding. What do you say to the person in this room who, man, circumstances are not great. Circumstances in their life does not make them want to go behind a curtain and record a cute little 30-second video giving God glory for something because it's not a fun circumstance. And their heart isn't where God has really given you this peace that surpasses understanding. What do you say to that brother or that sister in the room that's like, man, I'm not there. My heart is not there yet. What do you, how how do we answer that? How do you answer that? Yeah. Man, it's a great question because the reality is like these, like, it's so much easier to sit and, and to hear someone kind of talk about it. But like, I know that there are people in the room who, man, like, like maybe you hear my story and you're like, man, like that's, I mean, yeah, that sucks. But like, if you really knew what was going on in my heart, because, because the reality is we, like, we all have these like moments where they're, they're just tragic, right? They're just like devastating. Um, and I think that one of the things that I've um, had to learn is that at the end of the day, we have two options, right? We can either um, run to the Lord knowing that he is that he's good and that he's sovereign and, and that running to him, that's where we find hope, that's where we find joy, that's where we find peace and comfort and all these things in the midst of really tragic seasons. So, so we can run there or we can run away. And, and, and those are really the only t- two options. And there's this um, passage in John 6 where Jesus um, lays out for these people like what they must do to inherit eternal life. And, and he says, like, this is what it is, and, and it says that all these people just get up and leave. Um, and so he, because it's, it's hard, and, and he turns to the 12 and he says, hey, like, this is your out. Like, do you want to go? Like, 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 you can go. And, and Peter, just in this incredible moment of faith, stands up and he says, where are we going to go? Right, right? He says, like, he, says, he says, specifically, he says, to whom shall we go? Because we have come to know and believe that you are the Holy One of God and that you alone have the words of eternal life. And just this, just this really honest answer of like, man, like, like where else am I going to go? Yeah. You know? and, and so I think for me, like, when it comes to, man, like, I, like, I'm not there yet. Like, the reality is that man, you have one of two places to run. And from experience, I can tell you that when you run to the Lord, like, you're going to be blown away. Like, because the Lord is faithful, and the Lord shows up, and he, and he does things in your heart that you can't even imagine. And, and I want to clarify, though, by saying that that doesn't change the fact that the circumstance is really tragic. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't change the fact that it's really difficult. Um, for me, like, 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 there's not a day where I don't miss my dad. And, and, and even, like, when I think about the future, like, like there's so many things that I wish that he were there for um, that, that it just seems unjust, right? And, like, so, like, the day that I get married is going to be a really bittersweet day. Um, because it's going to be incredible and awesome, but there's going to be this, this kind of sting that, man, I really wish dad was here, right? Like, when I have my first kid, like, like, it's like, man, this is awesome, but I want dad to be here. Like, like, when I walk my little sister down the aisle, that's going to be an incredible day, but it's also going to sting because, like, he should be here. Like, he should be the one who's, who's doing that. And so there's this, this sense of, man, like, it doesn't change the fact that there are going to be moments, man. It's just brutal. Like, at the end of the day, it's just brutal, but I can't, like, escape the fact that God is who he says he is. Yeah. I think he's good. Amen, man. Thank you. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, okay, so um, 
you, you articulated really well. Um, suffering happens. Hard stuff happens. Last week, oh man, good stuff happens. Let's find those moments and let's give God glory for. This week, bad stuff happens. We can still be people who see through the lens because of our relationship with God, giving God glory. You, you, I love that you talked about this because I think it's so true. Even when we can't find the purpose in it, you go to Job and you say, man, even when we can't see the purpose in suffering, yeah. we know God has a bigger picture and we have to just say, man, where, the, he's the designer. Like, I, I don't know everything. Tell us, uh, just to end, that we you know, got a couple minutes left, end on some of the things that you did see. So you've shared with me some, some things that um, in your dad's passing, ways that he was, like that God was glorified in some neat ways, the funeral. Tell us some of those just cool stories that you got to see because of God doing what he did in those circumstances. Yes. Um, so, so my dad was a guy who, who loved the Lord like crazy. Um, he was a dude who, um, who really tried to make every opportunity to really love people well. And so um, because of that, because he, he really sh- like strived to, to show the love of, of Christ to people, he was everybody's best friend. And so he had all these guys show up. And, 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 and the cool thing about dad's job is that dad was in the music business. And so he had a lot of clients who weren't believers. He had a lot of guys who would, you know, like guys would show up at, at his office and, you know, they're all tatted up and smoking weed. And they're like, oh, you're here to see Jeff, right? Okay, cool. <laughs> um, and, nice. so, and so all... That's basically what my job is too. Yeah, totally. And so... Uh, <laughs> and so, uh, and so all these guys would like show up and, and I had all these just phenomenal conversations with people after the funeral because, because we, we had gone in and prayed like, man, like, like this is going to be this, this time where, where we want this to be just like the most epic church service that anyone's ever been to. The funeral. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That, like, that it's just a celebration of the fact that, man, like the that God, like one, even allowed him to have 50 years on this earth, but two, that God was able to do so many things. And, and so um, I just had all these um, conversations with guys who were like, man, like today, like I realized that I want to be more like Jeff's story. And it was a really cool opportunity for me to say, man, like that's awesome and that means a lot, but don't miss the fact that you want to be more like Jeff's story because he wanted to be more like Christ. And it led to all these really cool conversations just about like... Tell the ticket, the traffic ticket. Oh, yeah, so, um, so after, so, so there's like the service, and then there's like the grave, gravesite service, and, and, and usually, like, I don't know how many funerals you've, you've been, been to, but usually a lot of people don't go to like the gravesite, um, but we had all these people show up, and, and then there's this like long line, and they like come, come by, and they hug, hug you, and you just kind of smile and nod and say thanks, and, and so um, at the very, very end of the line, probably like an hour and a half or two, this couple walks up, and, and, and I had known pretty much everybody in the line. And I was like, I was like Mom, do you know who this person is? And she's like, no. And it was this couple who, um, like, my dad handled, like, a traffic ticket for them, like, 10 years ago. So, like, like he was a, law, a lawyer. And, and they go, yeah, so your dad handled a traffic ticket for us, for like, 10 years ago. And it was, like, the most phenomenal experience of our lives. And we saw his obituary, and we just had to come and just say that we loved your dad. And I was like, what? Like, like, like you would, one, like, come to the service and then wait two hours. Like, like why? And, and it was just this really phenomenal conversation just to talk about how, like, and they got to hear the gospel like over and over and they got to understand that like the reason why they were so drawn to this man that they would come 10 years later just to come say hey is because they saw Christ in him and and so and so for me like even just like finding purpose like 
like, if there was one person, and this is like a bold statement, but I'm, I'm going to say it. There is one person who came to that service who accepted the Lord. If one person came whose life was changed because they got to hear the gospel for the first time, in my mind, that's worth it. Yeah. Because, because the Lord was glorified through a, a rather tragic yeah. moment in time. Man, uh, thank you, Josh. Thank you for the way you live your life and your perspective and, and your heart. And um, I, uh, I, it reminds me of James 1. Uh, in James 1, uh, James says, Count it all joy, brothers, whenever you face trials of various kinds. And uh, it's this really counterintuitive perspective. Um, the NIV, which probably isn't even real, uh, the <laughs> NIV says, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature uh, and not lacking in anything. And, um, uh, and yeah, it's this, it's this incredible thing that we see in James 1 to say, count it all joy whenever we face trials of various kinds. And uh, I love that that's your story, and, and I know that there's so many of you guys. I had lunch today with a brother in this room who, uh, man, just everything this guy sees, he sees through the lens, whether it's good circumstances or bad circumstances, through the lens of, man, giving God glory, right? Making much of God. This is a God deal. God is behind this, and, and my purpose revolves around making much of him. And uh, I just, Tyler and I both, when we thought through what these three weeks look like, we want it I want, I desire to be a man who has that, fights for that perspective, has a relationship with the Lord that can see through that lens. It doesn't mean that we don't see tragedy as tragedy. It doesn't mean we don't mourn. It doesn't mean we don't grieve. It doesn't mean that things don't suck, because things suck. Um, But it means that God is still good, and can we hold on to that? Can we be a community that reminds ourselves of that? It doesn't say, hey, man, quit being sad, but can still fight to find how God is good through those circumstances. And for some crazy reason... We can count it joy when we face trials of various kinds because we know uh, how that's going to sharpen us and, and the perspective that we're going to get and the perseverance that that's going to drag us through. Um, but we're not meant to go through that alone. Um, we're not meant to do this individually. Uh, it's one of the things that I love about this church is we say, man, as community, let's walk through this. It's one of our hearts behind this young adult ministry is, man, let's make this not a Wednesday night show but a, a family of young adults in the city walking this truth out together uh, in community, celebrating on Wednesday nights, and then throughout the week that we're doing life together. And that at the center of that life isn't the goal being community, but at the center of that life being, man, let's be people who glorify God. Let's invite other people into that. Let's wear that on our sleeve and see the world through this lens in a way that other people say, what is that? They show up in our life and they say, what is that hope that you have? I, I talked about this perspective last week, and I said there's three reasons of why we would want to be these, these kind of people. There's three reasons why uh, God would really, um, I think, urge us to be these kind of people in, in Scripture. And, uh, and the, the, the first one is because we need reminding. Because we need to remind ourselves that God is good, and I need brothers to sharpen me. The second one is because it's a witness. Because First Peter says, man, be prepared to give uh, defense when people ask about the hope that's in you, that we could live in that way. And somebody maybe here tonight is like hearing Josh tell the story and, and thinking, what the heck? That doesn't even make sense. I want you to know that's not an out-of-bounds thought. If you're in here tonight and you're like, that's the dumbest, most brainwashed thing I've ever heard, praise God that you're here. Seriously. I don't think it's an accident that you're here. Um, but I want you to keep leaning into it. I want you to keep talking. I want you, if, if you feel led, come and talk to Josh or, or one of us uh, afterwards and, and let's walk through that together. But we're called to be people who give God glory to be a witness. And the third one is because it's what we're designed to do. And then we are designed, my chief end, our chief end, the chief design of man 
is to glorify God and enjoy him together. So let's do that. Will you close us in prayer? And then uh, Casey's going to come back up and, and do one more song, and then I'll, I'll kind of wrap up the night here in a second. Sure. Father, you are um, so good to us. So Lord, we want to um, exalt you tonight and, and, and lift you high because of that truth. Um, I know that um, I'm not the only person in this room who has a story of suffering. Um, and so, Lord, I, I know that there are those of us who are, um, who are currently going through a season, man, where there's just brokenness and, um, and just a lot of things that are up in the air. And there are those who we've, we've been there and, and those of us who, man, it's around the corner. Um, and, and so, Lord, I just ask that you um, just grant um, us in this room, that you grant us the, uh, the eyes to see you as good, that you allow us to, uh, to really taste and see uh, that you are exactly who you say you are. And that in the midst of circumstances, no matter how tragic or how um, just brutal they are, that, that we can trust and rest that you are a God who is for us. You are a God who is um, sovereign and perfect and, and nothing slips through your fingers, that nothing is a surprise to you. And that you have sent your son to be the person who has come to bring redemption and restoration to this broken and fallen world. And we can long for the day when, when he will return and make all things new. So, Father, will you give us um, just this eager anticipation to long for that day and, and, and give us the strength to endure um, while we are in these um, moments now. So, Father, we love you. We thank you. It's your son's name we pray. Amen.